this is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona. This is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. This is why this audience is going to have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, welcome. It's Tuesday, 11 October in the year of our Lord, 2022. And of course... Um, Four weeks from tonight, we'll be starting the uh, getting ready to start the broadcast for uh, for election night coverage. Uh, and as you remember, those in our audience who sat with us on three November twenty twenty, long two years, long and short, but um, huge developments. Now, entire tectonic plate shift, as we told you, is starting to come towards MAGA, the Republican Party. It could be a blowout. 50, 60, maybe 70 seats in the House, pick up a bunch of Senate seats, take control of the Senate, I don't know, 52, 48, win all the big governorships. Part of that is because of Brandon Straka and the uh, walkaway uh, project. He's here with another big, huge development. Brandon, first off, before we talk about what you guys have coming up and, uh, and to bring Vanessa Roseanne, I want to talk to you about where do you think we are as now the polling says we got this huge shift because of the issue set of inflation, uh, border security, crime, invasion of the southern border, all of it. Give us your perspective when we're we're four weeks out. Hey, Steve. Um, am I with you? I lost my signal for a second. Yeah, you, you're, you're here, sir. Go ahead. All right. Good. Good, good to see you again. Thank you. Um, you know, I, it's interesting. I woke up this morning, and the first thing that happened when I woke up was I was greeted with a barrage of messages and uh, mentions on social media saying, Tulsi Gabbard is walking away. Tulsi Gabbard is walking away. And uh, this became kind of the hot story of the day. I think that, yeah, I think that we're at this point now where the walkaway movement is becoming more than just everyday citizens. It's going all the way to the top. People are, are really, really fed up with how extreme and divisive and out of control this party has become. And I think particularly I'm living proof of the, uh, and so are you, look who I'm talking to, of the DOJ overreach, of the FBI overreach. It's becoming too much for people. And I think across the board, whether it's, uh, you know, if the issues that are important to you are those based off of your kind of racial identity community or your pocketbook or your job, people are suffering in this country. And they're seeing that the Democrats don't care about the American people. Talk to me about you started this movement, uh, Walk Away. Tell me, take us through what were the what were the drivers when you started it, and the arc of that today is even more radical. This is why you have Tulsi Gabbard uh, walking away. So walk us through the arc from where what it was that even led you and those original pioneers who kind of did it to now today. The movement's actually much bigger, but the the Democratic Party did not did not calm down when you guys started walking away it actually got more radical right yeah so i started walk away in may of 2018 and back then it seemed like the most pressing issues that we were facing at that time were uh you know identity politics and the divisive manipulation of of race and uh the the media narratives of just about every political and media story revolving around this idea that uh america's uh, you know, a racist country, that Republicans are, are bigots, 
Nazis, things like this. This, you know, this was the early years of Trump too. Now, all of that has been mass accelerated. I mean, I didn't dream that within just a couple of short years, we would be reaching a point where social justice warriors had so invaded the school systems and were looking to teach five and six and seven year olds about uh, gender spectrums and, and radical gender ideology and, and pronouns and things like this and uh, critical race theory. So all of those initial issues have only gotten much, much worse. But then, of course, we also look around at all of the policies that are being pushed by Biden today and uh, and the increasing pushes of, of children or parents out of the uh, the process of being involved in, in kids' education, uh, as well as, once again, a weaponized DOJ, a weaponized FBI, these things being pushed against conservatives. There's a total double standards in terms of justice. It's, it's getting really scary. And I think that people are seeing that this is an authoritarian party that has been completely overtaken by Marxists and it's getting worse, not better. When you see the, uh, when you see the economic policies and now you see this, we got inflation, you've got the, uh, all the problems with, uh, stock market drop, bond market drop, housing drop. When you look at the three parts of society most affected, it's Hispanic community, African-American community, and people don't want to talk about it too much, but the under 35s who are really getting eviscerated the most. Has that started to, 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 to percolate? And are you seeing any of the walkaway movement really, not just for the social justice warrior aspect of it or the Justice Department aspect of it or the culture aspect, but also people in their own economic self-interest saying, hey, I can't take this any longer. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I think especially if we look at the first part of the question where we're talking about racial identity groups, absolutely unquestionably Hispanic Americans, black Americans, even religious minorities like Jewish Americans uh, are definitely, I think, waking up to the fact that they're being used, lied to and manipulated and that the policies that the Democrats are pushing don't support them, don't make their lives better, don't put more money in the bank. They're driving up the price of gas. They're making the cost of living unaffordable, the grocery bills unaffordable. People are seeing that. In terms of the second part of your question about the under 30s, I hate to say it, but I think that young white liberals are going to be some of the biggest holdouts uh, that we see as well as suburban white women. Uh, you know, what, we're, what, what we've seen, I think, for a while is that suburban white women feel this sort of sense of white guilt, I guess is what we call it, and that they feel the need to support some of these more progressive, quote unquote, progressive Marxist movements like Black Lives Matter, uh, thinking that they're doing something good when in fact they're supporting something incredibly detrimental to our country. And I think that they're going to be the very, the very last groups to actually get it and see what's going on. Let's play. Uh, I want to bring in your guest. I want to bring in Vanessa Rosa, but I want to play the Tulsi Gabbard clip, and I'd like to get uh, Vanessa's uh, response to that and then yours, Brandon. Can we go ahead? Uh, Memphis, can you go ahead and play Tulsi Gabbard? I can no longer remain in today's Democratic Party that's under the complete control of an elitist cabal of warmongers who are driven by cowardly wokeness, who divide us by racializing every issue and stoking anti-white racism who actively work to undermine our God-given freedoms that are enshrined in our Constitution, who are hostile to people of faith and spirituality, who demonize the police but protect criminals at the expense of law-abiding Americans, who believe in open borders, who weaponize the national security state to go after their political opponents, 
and above all, who are dragging us ever closer to nuclear war. Now, I believe in a government that's of the people, by the people, and for the people. Unfortunately, today's Democratic Party does not. Instead, it stands for a government that is of, by, and for the powerful elite. Now, I'm calling on my fellow common sense, independent-minded Democrats to join me in leaving the Democratic Party. If you can no longer stomach the direction that the so-called woke Democratic Party ideologues are taking our country, then I invite you to join me. Okay, welcome back. Uh, there's a big announcement that Brandon's got, but I want to bring in Vanessa Rosa first. Vanessa, can you give us your assessment before we go back to Brandon on uh, Tulsi Gabbard, what she had to say and, and the power of that throughout the country? Yeah, absolutely. I 100% agree with everything that Tulsi said. In fact, I'm excited that she decided to finally walk away because I've been wondering when is that going to happen? Because I believe anyone that is on that side is either blind or being purposely ignorant to how divisive the Democratic Party is being. And it's so obvious that they're trying to be divisive and trying to tear this country apart. So I, you know, I applaud her and I hope more politicians follow suit. Hang on right there, Vanessa. We're going to come back to you in a second. Brandon, your, your thoughts. I know you've been working on this for a number of years. When you hear Tulsi Gabbard, who uh, people, <laughs> I hope everybody remembers, she was a fairly competitive presidential candidate. She didn't get a lot of delegates, but on the debate stage, she, I thought, really outshined so many people that were up there. She ran for president of the Democratic Party last cycle. What are your thoughts? Well, I, I just think this is a really exciting time. You know, like I said, I started Walkway in 2018 and there was an explosion. We had tens of thousands of people creating videos and written testimonials telling their stories. But I think when it gets to the point where you have somebody as high profile as Tulsi Gabbard and somebody who just a few years ago was running for president as a Democrat now saying I can no longer be a part of this party. I mean, it kind of gives me chills a little bit. It kind of gives me shivers when I listen to her message. It actually reminds me a lot of the video I put out in 2018 detailing all the reasons I was walking away. And I love that she ends it by inviting other people to join. I mean, this is the greatest thing, I think, is that it's not just people feeling alienated and pushed away. It's like we're kind of at this point now where everyone's going, let's do this together. This is not good. This is not in the good of America or the best interest of our country to support this political party. Let's join hands. Let's link arms and let's walk away from this party because it's uh, it's no good. Talk to us about this event you've got coming up because it's very special and we want to make sure War Room supports it uh, nonstop. So talk to us about how you can see that what's going to go on. Yeah, so uh, Vanessa, who was just on a moment ago, I actually don't know her as Vanessa. I know her as Gothics. Uh, she's a YouTuber with an incredible following and an incredible message uh, who goes by uh, the moniker Gothics. And um, so Gothics is going to be a uh, moderator for what will be this Saturday, the walkaway black Americans left versus black Americans right live debate. And so what we're doing is we're taking three black Americans who represent the political left. We're putting them against three black Americans on the political right. And once and for all, we're going to put these these uh, issues on the table that are being so manipulated and so exploited by the political left and by the liberal media. We're going to talk about things like critical race theory, white supremacy, 
the Black Lives Matter movement. Is America a systemically racist country? Uh, we're going to talk about the black abortion uh, rates. We're going to talk about uh, the economy. We're going to talk about Trump. We're going to talk about Biden. But what I think is going to be really powerful and different about what we're doing here is we're really going to hold the left accountable for these narratives that they're, they've been pushing. This is not just you know a group of black people debating policy. This is going to be debating the very reasons and the very narratives that are causing 90% of black Americans to keep going back to a party that does not care about them, does not support them, and has put forward policies that have destroyed this community. We're going to make the left answer for that once and for all. We're going to do it on a public stage in front of an audience, and we're going to live stream this event. And I really want to encourage every single person watching who's anywhere near the D.C. area, come and show up. Tickets are only $10. It's this Saturday, October 15th at 6 o'clock. People can go to walkawaycampaign.com slash events and get a ticket. Come sit in the audience and cheer these panelists on as they do the really tough job of being a black conservative, standing up for black conservatives in America or the conservative movement. Be there to support them. This is important. Let me go back to Vanessa. You're going to be at the heart of this. Vanessa, how why is this not it it sounds so powerful and logical why have we not had more of these why is it october of 2022 and we're finally doing this and getting up there and having people in freedom and liberty go at it as america you know as as we do why is it taking so long to actually get this done I mean, to be honest, from my perspective, I've seen a lot of attempts to bring people together to have these types of conversations, but I find more often than not, it's they just get buried and censored, and oftentimes people don't even want to come to the table, because I think that there's some level of maybe uh, fear of being misled, and that's something that I can totally relate to as someone who walked away from the left. Uh, I It was a little bit of a shock thinking, oh, wow, I've been misled this entire time. Democrats don't care about me. So uh, now I'm so honored to be a part of moderating this event because I have the perspective of both sides. And I'm very curious to see how, um, how you know, what ideas we can come out of this and maybe even change some minds. Talk, Give our audience, talk about your journey. Talk about you as a Democrat, you as a young person, and what, what's the arc of your story? Oh, yeah. So um, the only time that I voted prior to the 2020 election was for Barack Obama. And uh, I voted for him simply because he was black. And back then I had no idea that that was incorrect and that I actually had to research and look into the candidates that were running. I just knew he was black and we wanted to get the first black president in office. And uh, I didn't question it. And there's this um, there's this stereotype in the black community that black people are born Democrat. It's like the default setting. And what I realized is it's it's common that people just don't ask why. There's no questions behind it. You just get your marching orders, go to the ballot box, and 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 do the thing. And um, you know what woke me up was during uh, 2020 with the Black Lives Matter movement and COVID. Uh, I'm hearing on the one hand that we have to stay home and flatten the curve, but on the other hand, thousands of people can go out and march in the streets for this guy that no one knew. So it got me thinking, do, is COVID really as bad as it as they say it is, or is it that they're just using Black people? Because it wasn't making sense. And after that, I did my research, and then I realized, okay, they've been doing this for generations. They really are using Black people. You know, I come from... Uh... Richmond, Virginia, on the I was raised on the north side, which is a predominantly black 
neighborhood. And, and one thing, you know, my family used to be Democrats. The one thing you see is that the Democratic Party just takes advantage. I mean, they, they there's no changes. There's never any changes. There's never anything about crime. There's never anything about not poverty, but about helping job creation, helping entrepreneurs come in and get capital, really rejuvenate these neighborhoods of anything that's just not more social control. I, I call it kind of the plantation. Um, my mom's from Baltimore. You see Baltimore, how beautiful Baltimore used to be in the same situation. But when I, because I worked in many jobs with a lot of black guys, they seem to understand, they're very awake that the Democratic Party doesn't do anything for African-Americans. Is that now becoming more and more that people are saying, hey, we just don't have to be bound by just voting for the Democratic Party. We have to hold the Democratic Party accountable for their actions. And if they're not helping the community, then we got to look at another alternative. Hey, maybe we don't like Trump, but at least these maybe these Republicans are more entrepreneurial. Is, is there is there a movement happening in that right now, do you think? I'm seeing it happen more and more, but not to the amount that I think it should be. And I think a, a big reason for that is because there's a little bit of well, there's a lot of manipulation that happens within Black America, where it's like this idea: if you are not a Democrat, you are betraying your own people, and you are a race traitor. And and there's a certain way that a Black person in America is supposed to think and behave, and 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 it's very obvious. And I think that's what is holding a lot of Black people from taking that step away from the left is because, well, you, you don't want to get your black card removed. You don't want to be looked at as like uh, uh, someone that's betraying your own kind. And I think that that was intentional, the way that this whole identity politics has been set up. It's it's a way to uh, basically have you psychologically enslaved uh, to forever support the party that hasn't done anything despite voting the same people in year after year and the cities still look the same way that it is. We have high illiteracy rates for black students in America. And uh, I think it's just like I said, it's that fear of being othered. You, you, you have everything. You, you have you have poverty. You have no jobs. The crime is out of control. I keep telling people all the, the victims of the crimes of the African-American Hispanic community. These hardworking families that try to make a go of it are, have an onslaught of everything against them. The pressure in all of these is always on the moderator. Walk the audience through as the moderator to, to walk us through your thought process and how you're going to bring both sides in because we, we want a robust debate. Right. Mm -hmm. We don't want to be too Pollyannish because there's a lot of there's a lot of what separates us and what's going to unite us is coming together, thinking things through and saying, hey, I can understand your side. So as moderator, how do you intend to, to handle this intense debate? Yeah. So I'm going to be totally honest with you. This is the first event that I've ever moderated, but I am a good conversationalist. And after walking away, I've gotten that perspective to see what is the best course of action to actually bring people together and have a conversation. Nobody learns anything from yelling matches. Nobody learns anything from slinging insults at one another. So I'm going to try to direct the debate and have people just, uh, you know, say their piece, but use logic instead of feelings and try to just uh, have it as plain as possible, because I think uh, the other thing that I want to come out of this is for everyone watching to be able to gain a new perspective that they might not have been able to get because they've already had this uh, perception about the other side. It's kind of prevented them from listening to what their opinions are. Vanessa, how can people uh, follow you, your podcast, all your broadcasting, your writing, uh, social media, all of it, where do they go? Yeah, you can find me on YouTube, on Rumble, uh, all my social media platform platforms at Gothics TV. That's Gothics with an X at the end, TV. G-O-T-H-I-X, Gothics TV. 
You got it. Okay. Thank you very much, Vanessa. Brandon, uh, any closing thoughts? This is pretty uh, amazing. Everybody's going to be very excited. The War Room wants to figure out how we can promote this nonstop. So once again, where do people go and uh, and what should they anticipate? Yeah, thank you so much, Steve. Um, I would encourage everyone, if you are anywhere in the D.C. area, literally, if you're in uh, Maryland, Virginia, uh, Delaware, anywhere, uh, come and be a part of our live audience for this event. And tickets are only ten dollars. Uh, you can get them at walkawaycampaign.com slash events. One thing I want to make clear, because, of course, we know we do have a lot of white people in the conservative movement. And sometimes white people get a little bit unsure about what they're supposed to do. And they'll say, oh, I'd really like to see this event, but I'm not black. I'm not sure if I'm supposed to be there. Absolutely. We want everyone to come out. And I think it's a great message to send to have a room full of white people who are cheering on our right-wing panelists and letting them know that we're, we're behind them and we support them. So uh, if, if you can't make it and you want to watch on the live stream, you can get the link to the live stream also at walkawaycampaign.com. Click events. But if you can come out, be a part of our live audience. It's this Saturday. Doors open at around 5 o'clock, 530. Uh, and it's here in Washington, D.C. Tickets are at walkawaycampaign.com slash events. I truly believe this is going to be one of the hottest events of the year. And as you pointed out, Steve, we don't do things like this nearly enough. Uh, one of the reasons why I like to do yeah. events like this, racially minor, uh, racially uh, targeted events and debate events, is uh, the Republican Party's not doing this stuff. And we need to be getting these, uh, yeah. these issues out. We need to be debating them. And we need to be targeting these communities and inviting them over. So um, be a part of it. Walkawaycampaign.com slash yeah. events. And I think, I think, and I think in Vanessa, you got a great moderator, so it's going to be exciting. Uh, Brandon, thank you so much. Honored to have you. Amazing. Thank Honored you. Honored to have you on here. Thanks. Let's play. We got Dr. Peter McCullough. I want to play. We got a call over for Dr. McCullough. Let's play this, and I'll bring in Dr. Peter McCullough. All of us want to be superheroes. And the most important heroes are those that help others. This year, thousands of kids like us around the world joined the COVID-19 vaccine trial. To all the kids who volunteer, we'd like to say... Thank you! But one day, I had a stomach ache so bad, I didn't want to do anything. The team at New York Presbyterian said it was actually my heart. It was severely swollen, something called myocarditis. But doctors gave me medicines and used machines to control my heartbeat. They saved me. So now I can become the next great fashion designer. two teenage boys who died on days three and four after the Pfizer vaccine, and the parents were horrified to find the children dead at home. Autopsies were performed, and the conclusion was crystal clear. The vaccines caused the death with massive heart inflammation. I took care of those children who came in with myocarditis after the vaccine, and I talked to the doctors because I was a charge nurse, saying, why aren't we reporting these to VAERS? Who is going to report these to theirs? 
It was an unspoken thing that we were not allowed to talk about openly on the unit. The day before I was taken away from my position, I was actively giving compressions to a child to keep him alive. Wow. I want to bring in Dr. Peter McCullough. Dr. McCullough, we only got a minute here. I'll hold you through the break. Uh, tell our audience, particularly the podcast radio audience, that was incredibly powerful. What did we just see there? We just saw a montage uh, implicating, I think, clearly demonstrating that the COVID-19 vaccines, actually all of them, cause myocarditis or heart inflammation, and it's fatal. It's fatal. This is a fatal complication and these products are still in use. America is outraged. Uh, do, uh, Dr. McCullough, hang on for one second. We'll take a short commercial break. One of the things that I've said politically as a strategist that has shocked me, and it's a big tell, you have not seen the Democratic Party. You have not seen people come in with, they, they're going to spend, I think, total this uh, cycle, four and a half or $5 billion in advertising. You have not seen anybody politically get in front of this vaccine and use it for to on, on a winning political side. That is a huge tell. That is a huge tell. We're going to take a short commercial break. Dr. Peter McCullough, uh, a real patriot and true hero who the tech oligarchs have targeted, uh, not just to be deplatformed, to be, to, to be shut down. Short commercial break. We'll be back in War Room in a moment. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. 
Take action, action, action. Use your agency. They put Peter Navarro in leg irons for simply doing his constitutional duty. Now they want to put Peter in prison for standing up for Donald Trump. Please go to Amazon right now and order Taking Back Trump's America to help fund Peter's legal defense. Taking Back Trump's America provides a critical MAGA blueprint to put Trump back in the White House in 2024. Buy Taking Back Trump's America on Amazon today. If they can put Peter Navarro in prison, they can come for all of us. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out. War Room Battleground with Stephen K. Bannon. Dr. Peter McCullough, one of the, the, the top premier names in this entire medical freedom movement. Dr. McCullough, uh, walk through what's happened to you over the last 72 hours. What was this controversy that you went from having uh, a tremendous amount of Twitter followers? And we have in the middle of this, Elon Musk is buying this and saying, hey, you know, they're trying to negotiate with management team and there's going to be a platform for everybody in a town square. What what happened to you? What 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 happened with Twitter and what caused that? You know, the context was I was previously suing Twitter as one of a multi plaintiff case and Twitter prevailed in this. It was regarding cancellation of previous accounts. Twitter prevailed based on slap that they said our lawsuit was a strategic lawsuit against their public participation in the conversation. So Twitter asserted that by manipulating accounts, uh, by using artificial intelligence, bots, and other technology, that they can participate in the COVID-19 conversation, as opposed to Twitter executives going out and saying what they think, they're manipulating our accounts. Then uh, last week, we saw some instability in followers. Uh, we presume bots being subtracted and added to accounts on the news that Musk was going to acquire Twitter. Then October 6th, all of my followers, 512,000 followers were drained to zero. And I know millions of people are on my feed. Twitter actively unfollows them. We had already screenshotted that. Uh, and, uh, and then uh, shortly after my account was suspended, Twitter would not let me back up my account. I had thousands of scientific abstracts, manuscripts, and videos and posting my tweeting pattern hadn't changed, so nothing had changed. 
Uh, I'm, we're over a year on this account, and now Twitter is backpedaling. Hang on for a second. Was there anything you had put up different than the normal peer-reviewed journals and articles that you normally put up? Is there anything that up to the 6th that you did over and above what you have been doing every day since I've known you? There was no change. Uh, you know, when the last thing I posted was the clip you just showed of the Vaccine uh, Safety Research Foundation on that uh, that documentary called Are the Kids Okay?, which was simply showing uh, Senate testimony in peer-reviewed publications. That's as solid as it gets, Steve. Let's walk. Let's talk about that for a second. This is a pretty, pretty um, blunt statement. You're saying the vaccine you think is one of the causes or could be a cause of myocarditis, and that's killing kids. When you go back to the evidence, and, and you've spent your entire professional career with the evidence and the facts, walk us through, walk, walk the audience through the case you build for that based on the evidence. First, we start with biologic plausibility. Uh, the vaccines, Pfizer, Moderna, as well as Johnson & Johnson, are genetic code that's loaded on lipid nanoparticles. Before COVID, these lipid nanoparticles in published papers from China, we knew that they would go everywhere in the body, into the brain, the heart, the adrenal glands, the reproductive organs, uh, and that we know the genetic code codes for the Wuhan spike protein. This is the dangerous part of SARS-CoV-2. It was engineered in research from the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, Harvard, and a Swiss Institute. This was published in the best journals in 2015. It was told to the medical world that SARS-CoV-2 was being engineered. The work was done in the lab in Wuhan, China, but it was US research done, funded by the National Institutes of Health. And now this code for the spike protein is installed in the heart. And a paper by Bowmeyer and colleagues from Germany taking biopsies of hearts of people who have myocarditis finds a spike protein in the heart. So it's there, it's present and accounted for. Uh, there now are 200 papers, Steve, showing that the myocarditis causes heart damage and a scar, and then the scar becomes the basis for a cardiac arrhythmia, and then the arrhythmia is responsible for the sudden death that we're seeing, and we're seeing sudden death now on a massive scale in younger people, and we, in, in, um, it's my view that it's the COVID-19 vaccine until proven otherwise. If a healthy person suddenly dies and there's no antecedent disease, it's the vaccine until proven otherwise. Now, it can easily be ruled out if the family comes forward and tells America they didn't take the vaccine. Fine, we rule out the vaccine. Otherwise, I think the operating assumption should be that it is the vaccine. That's a conservative regulatory approach. The majority of adult Americans have taken the vaccine. Okay, given the fact of you've got the finest medical institutions in, in the world, in the nation, um, that are helping to promulgate what Fauci knows that there's been this maniacal focus on young people getting the vaccine. And you've had not just pharma, not just the corporate interest, but you've had the interest, you've had medical schools, you had these uh, NGO uh, scientific research. You've seen uh, every night on MSNBC and CNN from Johns Hopkins to Harvard to Yale. I mean, the elite of the elite. How could this possibly go on when I've never heard any of them talk about the evidence you've just put forward? How, how could that possibly how could you have a conspiracy so vast, sir? It's willful blindness. No, the FDA says as of June 2021 that the vaccines cause myocarditis. The FDA says this. 
So these commentators from these institutions are willfully blind to what the FDA says is going on. They're willfully blind to you know 200 or more peer-reviewed publications. Recent paper by Patone and colleagues in Circulation, the best cardiology journal, describes 100 fatal cases of myocarditis in the peer-reviewed literature. And everything that you showed on that clip is, is accurate. Steve, this is willful blindness. These academic institutions do not want to face the music that the COVID-19 vaccines are injuring the heart and causing large numbers of deaths. Dr. McCullough, one of the unspoken realities, because we've been here from the very beginning, both with the pandemic and with the steel of 2020, and now with this looks like sweeping victory, uh, one of the biggest parts of the reason that American people are rising up in this victory is the medical freedom movement. Of course, the Democrats have not wanted to talk about that, anything in this campaign. Um, wh what, what would you request, given we would take the House, you'd have Rand Paul in the Senate, what would be the, the medical freedom movement of which you're one of the leaders of? What would you request of the new Congress to get to the bottom of this? What, what, what do you think has to happen? What would be your recommendation? I think myself and all Americans, the single greatest thing they want to know is where do the candidates stand on the vaccine? Are they supporting the vaccine at this point in time? Or are they questioning the safety and the efficacy? You know, 47 congressmen sent, they were all Republicans, but they sent a letter to Lloyd Austin in the military. And they told him, listen, the vaccines aren't working. They're not safe. Drop the mandates, reinstate our military who have been discharged or dismissed and give them back pay. We needed to see everybody in Congress do that. I think all the candidates, every single one, all the way up and down the line, need to tell Americans where they stand on the vaccine. The vaccine is the single greatest issue on people's minds because they're losing their jobs. They're under extreme pressure right now. They're seeing their loved ones be injured uh, and sadly dying with the vaccine. And that's the only thing people, honestly, at this point in time care about. It's way bigger than inflation. It's way bigger than any other political fights between the two parties. We need to know where they stand. Are you open uh, with the new Congress of being one of the advisors? Because I know right now they're thinking of setting up a special select committee to get to the bottom of not just the vaccine, but to get to the bottom of Wuhan and all of it. Are you open to be uh, a consultant for that or advisor to that? Obviously, you'd be called as a witness. Would you, would you also help people put this together? Yeah, I'd be delighted. I've already been a lead witness in uh, co-moderator of two Senate testimonies and multiple state Senate testimonies, which you've seen. I'd be happy to help the nation in any way I can. Uh, so many Americans reach out to me and they just want to get to the bottom of this. Why, have this. why has this not been stopped? Why are our agencies not protecting uh, the safety of Americans? Why does this continue on? Uh, people can see through this now. The vast majority of Americans see this very clearly. Uh, how can people, how can this audience help you on this Twitter thing? Or is this something that's just got to be worked out? Because this is outrageous. Not only did you have 500,000, you had an actively engaged Twitter account. I would see the people retweet your stuff, particularly the peer review journal, the articles, all of it. How is that going to get worked out? Well, my tech and legal teams are engaged with Twitter right now. I was just texting them before I came on. You know, Joe Ladapo, Surgeon General, just had... Uh, his analysis of excess death in young people, males age 18 to 39 from Florida, he had Twitter take that down and then become canceled himself. And then they've now resurrected it. We've seen a tremendous sweeping acts of censorship. Recently, PayPal announced that they were going to 
uh, charge accounts $2,500 if PayPal determined that users were, uh, you know, spreading COVID misinformation. You know, PayPal is not a place where anybody can post information. How is PayPal going to adjudicate this? How are they going to make the determination? And how in the world are they, were they going to subtract $2,500 from people's accounts? PayPal quickly backpedaled and said, no, they didn't mean to do this. I think that someone has approached PayPal and they tried to induce PayPal to somehow now get into payment systems and influence the COVID narrative. People ought to be asking questions, Steve, because what's next? Bank of America, Citibank, people's mortgages, their retirement. We need to ask serious questions. Dr. McCullough, I tell everybody I meet, they got to read your book on uh, on COVID-19. Uh, how do people get uh, to your book? How do they get to you? And what, what social media do you still have left? And, and, and what website? Well, go to my website, petermcculloughmd.com. I'm active on Getter and Truth Social. Uh, being struck down from Twitter temporarily or potentially permanently, I started a substack. Uh, it's called the Courageous Discourse Substack with best-selling author John Leake. John and I wrote the book together, Courage to Face COVID.com. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I have an active following. It's even larger. Each one of these acts of censorship uh, makes my influence even greater. And for those trying to censor the truth, it's backfiring every step of the way. Those who are trying to censor you and the war room, each time you become more influential with these acts of censorship. No, it's the it's the irony of it all. Dr. McCullough, honored to have you on here, a true patriot and hero. So thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Thank you. They're trying to destroy these people. Okay, we got a very special. Let's go ahead and play the cold open for our next guest. This is a firebrand. I want you to see this spot, then we'll bring her on. Hi, my name is Giordano Schifanelli. Since you all know, our economy is the best in the world. There's no inflation. We have full employment. We even have local manufacturing for all our needs and energy independence. Our schools are the best with 100% proficiency in math, reading, and science. And um, so we don't have crime and we don't have drug problems. We live in utopia. But the reality is completely the opposite. I am an economist and, and an attorney, and I'm running to be your next lieutenant governor, and I will make Maryland safe. S, safety. No parent should have to lose their child to gun violence. Baltimore needs strong and honest leadership. A, affordability. By energy independence, lowering gas prices, and cutting regulations and fees. That's how we make our groceries affordable again. F, freedom. I will restore and secure for all Marylanders the right to exercise their medical freedom, religious freedom, and freedom of speech against media censorship. E, education. Every parent has the fundamental right to raise their child and know their child's curriculum. I want to ensure the school of choice where every parent can send their child to any school of their choice regardless of their zip code. Your tax money should follow each child. It's your freedom. It's your family. It's your safety. Paid for by Citizens for Giordana Schifanelli for Lieutenant Governor. Kelly Hall, Treasurer. Okay, we're joined now by Giordana Schifanelli. I love that spot. 
I love that. There's so many attack spots, and they tell you you got to go negative. But man, the the combination of the music, the combination of the message, the the graphics. Uh, Jordana, how'd you get the idea for this? Because it's very unique given this intense and quite frankly nasty political cycle. It came from desperation, Steve. So I'm thinking like, okay, my little lieutenant governor account doesn't have the money to hire the top media people to get the camera, to get the makeup artist. So I figured, you know what? All I want to do is to send the message about what I feel and what I think. So I'm sitting in my room here and I'm just thinking, well, who's going to send that message? Can I get a cartoon to say it? So I started drafting it, the video, and I yeah, made it up. And I called uh, my friends and said, hey, can we put something together? And uh, here you go. It was it just came out of my mind out of nowhere. <laughs> I just it was a desperation. Talk moment. to us about the race. But- well, I, I don't know about desperation because your message is so powerful. I don't know why that, you know, my mom is from Baltimore and my big part of my dad's family uh, was, you know, we're from Norfolk, but the family was from Baltimore. We got down to Norfolk. You know, we love Maryland. It's such a great state and such great people. That message has to resonate with all Marylanders, right? I mean, this is a very powerful message. It's kind of basic common sense, but the state of Maryland's gotten so far away from that, man. You know, that is where the desperation is. I can draw pictures. I can try to make it down to the, you know, to to the basic levels. But yet it's the issue of uh, of woke Maryland population. They are completely, completely brainwashed. You know, we have, you know, governor who had allowed, and it was a Republican governor who had allowed for, for the past eight years to take a uh, nonchalant approach to Marylanders. And this education has been going on for so long. So right now you have brainwashed parents, you have brainwashed kids, the closeness to DC, the, the fact that you have all these government contractors that are leeches on the backs of the government, they are promoting and stopping the message from getting out to the people. So right now you have so many people who are literally oblivious about the idea of just, you know, money follows the child. They think that if the money follows the child, somehow we're going to do something bad and you're not gonna have quality education. Well, we don't have quality education already as it is. How bad does it have to be to for the people to realize that this is not public education? We have government indoctrination as public school education. We don't have, uh, you know, parents making choices or knowing what the kids are learning in schools. Just an example. Um, I'm every day on a campaign trail and it's just very, very hard to know that two thirds of Maryland delegates are Democrats. The same thing in the Senate. Governor Hogan is supporting idea that there is no CRT curriculum in school, which is completely wrong. I mean, every parent knows that the schools today are not teaching kids how to think, but what to think. And, and overall, you know, the economy is completely collapsed. I mean, we have, you know, small 4% of Maryland economy is manufacturing. We literally do not have quality manufacturing. Small businesses are crushed. Infrastructure is dilapidated. Education is horrible. I mean, people are being indoctrinated on the levels that I have never seen anything like it before. 
you know, pedophilia type of education is promoted all over the schools. You know, 57 pronouns are something that is normal and men can deliver babies are something that's normal. That's not normal. And if I say that, I am labeled as racist. So I just didn't know what else to do is to make up this cartoon. So I, I just, it's how it is in Maryland. It's worse the, the, than anything that I can explain to you. We follow, obviously, the House and the Senate very closely. The House races, I think Maryland 6 is now in play, and that was a heavy a Biden uh, district. Do you see any tectonic plate shift? Do you see yourself and your, and your partner you're running for governor? Are you seeing this? Because the rest of the nation seems to be shifting, even in Rhode Island, Connecticut, and Maryland, these congressional districts. Do you think your message is getting out? Do you think you're getting traction on your campaign? We are doing everything we can to, to get the traction. Uh, yesterday, I was in Baltimore City with the black voters, and a lot of them are Democrats. We are seeing that. Uh, we actually have an opponent who had never had any kind of uh, competitive race before. He's not even from, he didn't grow up in Baltimore City. He claims to be from Baltimore City. So there's a lot that's at stake right now, but I can tell you it's hard because we are just fighting every day to get the message out. And uh, having you have me on the show is one of the ways, but it's a fight. It's, a, it's literally a fight and we're, we're doing it every day, but it's really, really hard just because there's so many people, especially in Montgomery County, um, that, that believe that, that yeah. this woke culture is okay, that defunding SROs in yeah. schools is okay, that defunding police is okay, that forcing masking and vaccine mandates is okay. I mean, we have Johns Hopkins University, University of Maryland, they're all mandating vaccines and, and obviously masking. Um, and that's been a disaster here. So uh, while the rest of the country is kind of making progress, we are too, but it's so hard. I mean, I'm not going to lie to your audience. It's 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 very, yeah. very hard. No, no. But we're going to we're going to put everybody's going to push this spot out and everybody's going to push this segment out. Where do people go? We got about 30 seconds. Where do people go on social media and your site to find out more about you in this fight? So RestoreFreedoms.com is my website. That is Lieutenant Governor's website where people can make donation, make a comment, join the, the fight. And more importantly, DanCoxForGovernor.com or CoxForFreedom.com. Tomorrow we do have a first time and the only time um, public debate between uh, Dan Cox and Wes Moore. It will be publicly broadcasted on Maryland Public Television. Um, it is close to the public. It is only going to be Dan Cox and Westmore, and then we will watch it later on at seven o'clock. That tells you alone that we are not allowed to be in the audience <laughs> to watch. It's just absurd, but that's where we are. Giordano, you're a fighter. That's why the war room I'm loves trying, you. We're going to push all this out. Okay. Thank you. You are. Tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock, we're going to be lit with what, 29 days to go. See you tomorrow morning. <laughs> 